Before we start this episode, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which we are recording. I am on the land of the Ngunnawal and Gambri people. Jenna is on Darek and Gandangara land. We have Louise calling in from Yukonbear land and Michael from Mianjin. Welcome to Somebody You Love or The Sale of Two Titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines and banging the people who vote against our rights. Here at Somebody You Love, we believe that virginity is a social construct, one that is rooted in heteronormativity, ableism and misogyny and can be incredibly damaging. But that being said, it is still a concept that is often incredibly important to individuals and it holds meaning to many. It can have a significant impact on the way that people view themselves and are viewed by others. The idea of losing it holds cultural, social and religious meaning, regardless of whether we believe that it should or not. Basically, it's not real, but also it is real. (laughs) As sex workers, it's not unusual for us to see clients who have chosen to share their first sexual experience with us, and that can be a really big deal for them. And it's also really special for us to have been chosen to be a part of that. Today, we've invited two guests on the show to share their stories about losing their quote-unquote virginity to a sex worker. So first up, we have Michael. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here and for being willing to share your story. So I guess the first question is what made you decide that you wanted to lose your V-card, so to speak? Uh, Well, I I guess... Like, really, as, like, quite an introverted person, like, it wasn't something that I really uh, thought about, like, during my 20s or whatever. Uh, Just, like, I wasn't going out trying to meet people for that kind of connection or, like, being proactive uh, for that purpose. Like, you know, obviously you'd go out with your friends and and that. But, um, yeah, like, it was just something that I kind of assumed would happen um, at some point. Um, So... Like, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I've never really felt any shame about, you know, being a virgin. I, I think that it's just something that, like, you know, all my friends knew. Um, and it's not as if, like, it comes up in conversation all the time. It's like, you know, it, um, and, like, when it does, it's like, um, you know, if someone finds that out, it's, like, usually not particularly shocking. It's just like, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. that makes sense that's fine um and then if there was like a reaction it's usually from like dudes you don't know very well being like oh bro like you know very just you know masculine about you know you should definitely get that sorted of like <laughs> any way that you can and it's like i don't really have to do that yeah. um but yeah like i mean i guess as i was getting older like i was starting to get to the stage where it's like, oh, you're, you know, 30. If that does now just kind of happen, it gets to the point where it's like, oh, I actually don't know any of the kind of mm-hmm. unwritten rules or body language or signals sure. and things like that. And then it's like a very, it's a much more different conversation of being like, hey, like I've actually mm-hmm. never kissed anyone before. Mm-hmm. Like, so, um, and, and like, obviously, 
the thought is that it's like, oh, well, if you have a partner that's compatible with you, then that won't be a problem. Yes. <laughs> but then it's also like, you know, that person is allowed to, you know, w prefer someone who has some experience and, and you know, that that's fine. Um, and, and I guess like the other, the other thing that made me kind of think about it was like during, during the pandemic, like there was a lot of people talking about like their own experience where like, even just like missing physical contact for, for that period of time, mm -hmm. uh, was like really detrimental. And I was like, well, that's not something that I feel like I'm personally dealing with, but like, is there a fundamental, thing that I'm missing out on um and so yeah I just wasn't sure if and and so that was really I guess one of the impetuses to to do that as well so yeah I guess that was those were all basically the the reasons what were the factors that made you think that a sex worker was the best avenue to um explore that um well I think predominantly it was like I just felt like it was the easiest way to make it happen. Like, you know, obviously, um, and, and like even the only way for me kind of at the time, it's like, I guess I have like a lot of anxiety around like sex and intimacy in like not really wanting to put a person into a situation where it's like, I've made a assertion of, and, and it's like, and then they're uncomfortable and like right. putting them in a position where they have to be like, Oh no, like I, no thanks. But then them feeling bad. And then I feel bad because, you know, <laughs> yep. um, you didn't want all the so, awkwardness so, yeah, involved. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I guess like that's kind of the perfect way mm -hmm. to go because it's like, you know, this person, it's their job. Like, you know, it, like so long as like you're approaching them, like, you know, in a polite and respectful manner, like, you know, like they're not going to be, you know, to my mind, like taken aback by that. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, they're yeah. not going to so, say, whoa, you read the signs wrong. I don't want to fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. coming out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, it's pretty expected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess like the other thing for me is that like when making kind of that inquiry, like there's, like so many resources on like how to do this, like what, like what you should say and like how to, and like all of this stuff of like, oh, okay. Like now I understand like what's expected of me and, um, you know, I'm not making anyone uncomfortable. And so like, that was kind of like an extra thing of like, that yeah. makes me feel mm -hmm. better about it. Yeah. There's clarity um, around what's expected, which we, which is so kind of lacking in a lot of more organic social situations, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. And like, I think, I think that there's like these clearly defined boundaries, yes. like that make it so helpful for me. Um, and like, you know, obviously there's still a certain amount of awkwardness that just kind of sure. happens in in general life. But yeah, like that that's definitely. Uh, what I find really good about. Was this towards the end of uh, the pandemic? Is this when you first decided, all right, I'm going to take this leap? Um, so, so it's a bit, it's a bit different because obviously depending on where you are, mm -hmm. you know, there were, there were definitely different things happening in the country. Like for us, like we, 
were not like in lockdown mm. for a long amount of time. Mm. Um, so so yeah, like uh, for me, this was like mid pandemic, mid uh, early to mid twenty twenty one. Okay, so like mid, yeah. yeah. And you thought, yeah, I've I've heard about this loneliness pandemic, and I've heard uh, about people craving intimacy and and connection, and you thought this is probably the time for me to explore that and see how I connect with it. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean. And and the other thing is like, you know, as someone who was like a student for quite a long time, like I mean, you know, it was also a, a financial, like you know, being able to to afford that kind of thing. So sure. so yeah, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but and I might be reading into something that isn't there. But mm-hmm. so you mentioned something about talking about you know putting yourself in a situation, an intimate setting with somebody, and then that person maybe being uncomfortable or something. I've heard a lot of similar things from a lot of my clients who are men that I've spoken Mm -hmm. to um, where there is particularly for men um, and particularly I think for younger men and for men who are, you know, aware of social justice issues, um, Mm. aware of the Me Too movement, et cetera, which is excellent, like very sexy, very attractive. (laughs) But I think for a lot of those men they can be – there is this great fear of of putting a woman in a situation that she doesn't want to be in, of of yeah. being um, one of those guys, you know, of of perpetrating harm without yeah. without intending to at all. Um, and is that something that sort of was weighing on you? I think I think definitely like that is one hundred percent a part of it. Um, I think also like I just. It's hard to like not say this, like say this and not sound like a bit like I always like one of the things that kind of always happens is like in like in terms of like empathy, like I mean, like even from an early age, like, you know, I'd be watching like a James Bond movie and like, you know, all these, you know, henchmen would get killed. And I'm like, what happens if, you know, like you know, then they will never go home to their family oh. of like, you know, I guess just like yeah. putting myself into that. Yeah. And so like, I like a constant thing for me is just like, you know, how, how are my actions going to impact the person that is going to receive those actions, I guess. Which is, you know, an incredibly sexy quality makes you <laughs> really qualified to be an intimate partner, I think. Yes. You know? yes. But it can also really get in your way. Because I think we all have to acknowledge that we do inflict harm on one another because we do. Human beings hurt one another intentionally Mm. or otherwise. So that can be really hard to reconcile. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So you did it. Was the experience what you had hoped for? Uh, Yes. I mean, absolutely. It was great. Um, Nice. Like, you know, I was able to, to, to email her and just like, you know, just was very upfront and being like, this is my situation and like, this is what I was looking for. And like, they were, you know, really receptive to that and like really lovely about it. And like, I mean, I, I had kind of like looked for a person where it seemed like that would be the case of like, mm-hmm. that that would be something that they would be fine about. Um, so like, you know, obviously at the, at the time that happened, like I was, you know, I was a general level of kind of nervous about, like, not to the point where I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, like, (laughs) but just more so just like, just a general level of, you know, doing a new thing. 
Um, but yeah, like the book, it was like very, it, the booking was very communicative. Um, and like just to make sure everything, like I was fine with everything that was going on and like, and you know, it was a really, really great time. So um, nice. I, I think like the, one of the biggest things for me was like, you know, obviously we, kind of like live in a world where you know there's like media like movies tv um and like even like at uni i did a human sexuality course and so it's just like so like logically i'm like very understanding of like yes this is how sex works and it's like (laughs) but it's also just like i've like previous to that like always felt like a bit of an outsider to it of like oh yes like i understand that happens to other people doesn't happen to me but that's okay like you know and so like then now it's like oh no it like it it can i can be something that i also participate in so like that was also like really good um and and i guess like the the other the other thing about was like I also was like very honest with myself beforehand of like, you know, for my expectations of like what it would be like. And like, these are the types of feelings that might come up. And like, I think honestly, like the fact that I did wait until I was in my, you know, early thirties to do that. It was like, okay, like there is more perspective to that of like, this is what it is. This is what it's not. And like, you can separate the, you know, this was a great experience to like, these are the feelings that I have about that. And so like, I was like, very glad that I had kind of like, reconciled that in within myself beforehand. It's fantastic. Absolutely. Like, I'm not one to ever, you know, I, I never think that virginity is, is some, you know, thing that should be held onto and that you should be waiting for the perfect magical moment or anything like that, obviously. But it does, you know, it sounds like there is something to be said for, you know, doing things when you are emotionally ready for them. <laughs> and that sounds like exactly the experience that you had. Definitely. I think a lot of people could achieve, uh, I think a lot of people would have more satisfying first experiences, perhaps if they did wait until they were ready in certain capacities. And I'm not advocating everyone wait and hold on to your virginity, but I definitely think that a bit of growth in certain areas would make the experience better for a lot of people. But can I just clarify, when you say that you saw things in media and then you thought that you were one of the people who do that now as well, or you can experience those sorts of things. Um, is what you're saying that you felt more like you were connected to society or that you felt having done that experience that you could relate more to, to what other people had their experiences? I guess it's like, if I had to give an example of like, Oh, you know, if you like look on Instagram or whatever, and it's like, you see this person and they go off and they travel all over the world and you're like, Oh, that's great. Like, I know that people do that, but like, I'm not like, that's not something that I've, you know, have the have the time or the or the resources to do, and so you don't really like, or like, yeah, you you just don't have that kind of frame of mm. reference for. I I guess I guess it would be similar if you, like you'd never been on a trip, mm. and then it's like, oh yes, I understand people go on trips, but like, and so so yeah, I I guess like after doing that i'm like now like oh yes okay so i understand like what what 
you know, to to extend the metaphor, I understand what going on a trip now means. Mm. Like, so now I can more closely relate to those TV shows, movies, etc. So before this booking that you had, yep. um, had you had intimate experiences with other people? So like making out and stuff like that? No, uh, yeah, no, I, I hadn't. Yeah, right. So had you not kissed someone? No, no. Wow. That that was the first time for, for everything. Wow. Did you did how good kissing is blow your mind? Oh, one hundred percent. It yes. blew my like, mind. That like, that was yeah. that was like the biggest takeaway from right? me. Yes. <laughs> and I felt like for one of a better word, I felt like a teenager oh, of just like yeah. oh yes, like I understand why teenagers just want to make out all <laughs> yeah. the time. Right? Like <laughs> Because I remember before I'd kissed, and I didn't kiss anyone until I was 18, which I guess can be on the later end of some people's mm-hmm. experience. Um, and I remember always being like, I can't imagine kissing's that good. Like I would kiss mm. my hand <laughs> with my lips and I'd be like, mm, it doesn't feel, you know. And then I will never forget when I first kissed someone and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like this is way better than the movies make it out to be. Like it's yes. amazing. Yeah, cool. Cute. Pretty magical. So did you end up seeing that sex worker again? And or have you seen other sex workers since that experience? Uh, so to answer both questions, it is yes. Um, so I have. Uh, so the sex worker that I saw um, ended up moving, oh. um, like not that long after that happened, which is like, you know, mm. yeah, look, great for them. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, and so, like, now basically, you know, we get to meet up infrequently when, you know, the stars align. But, um, you know, I've been lucky enough to have, like, several different experiences with with different workers over the last three three or so years. Um, All of them amazing, Um, you know. Yeah, it's hard to kind of, like, you know, obviously... um, you know, I'm still very awkward. Um, but you know, the thing like, is, I mean, we all are, yes, babe. We're all just faking yeah, it. I, I yes. mean, you'll learn that it never gets better. <laughs> <laughs> you just get better um, at faking it, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, uh, a worker I'm seeing at the moment is just like really you know, been helping with my self-confidence and being like, you know, you're allowed to take up space within, like, this area. Like, so, um, yeah, and, like, that's really, I'm, like, really grateful for that and, like, you know, if it feels nice to kind of, you know, be able to take part in that. So, yeah, no, all of it been great. It is, and I think so many people would be surprised about, like, I'm sure Holly's done the same and I've done a lot of, work like that with a lot of my clients who who don't feel they can take up that space and who don't feel comfortable to express themselves uh, sexually um, and who do feel particularly with with the male clients that worry that just their existence is imposing on on mine as a woman you know Um, Mm. and just them being with me they feel as though they're they're doing harm just by being a man Mm. who wants to be intimate with me you know (laughs) Um, I just I just don't think people realize there's so many expectations that uh, the clients of sex workers are just men who come, who use us, yeah. who just want to have an orgasm and leave. And it just so often is 
almost the opposite of that. Yeah. Like I have to convince so many of my clients that this is about them having a nice time and that it's important that they get things out of this and that they enjoy it, whether, you know, whether they orgasm or not, that they enjoy it sexually mm. and that they feel nice. Like, it, yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite, you know, it's it's quite a common experience for a lot of us and people just don't, it's just not the way it's framed and it's not the way relationships between men and, and women to be really heteronormative about it. It's not the way that they're framed. Mm. And and I think like it, it's hard because it's like obviously it's important to for like that kind of like those negative experiences are like, you know, no, this is not like, the way that that happened but then like sometimes it feels as though those experiences are like the ones that are talked about and then sometimes like positive experiences aren't because it's like well what are you going to say you know we had a nice time you know it was good like yeah and so yeah um, I think we have that problem in this show all the time because we so often we say we love our clients, we have great clients, but what else are we gonna? We're not gonna yeah. go into details about their lives, yeah. and we're not like yeah. W- w- yeah. you know can't come on it, here it and say oh I had a hundred bookings yeah. this year that were really lovely. Um, so yeah. this the first booking was really nice and and just a nice guy <laughs> yeah. and a wonderful yeah. time. The second booking of the year was so nice and oh my god what a lovely person. The third booking like people mm. are gonna mm. they don't want to. It's not yeah. that they don't want to hear that, but what we're here to talk about is is more interesting. We want to create and share things that yes. are. Um, educational and interesting so yeah like you said society and media um tends to gravitate towards speaking about things that are not always the the nice things Mm -hmm. yeah and there are so many beautiful stories so many like just like yours Yeah. yeah 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 have you had any sexual experiences since this awakening outside of bookings and if not um do you feel a little bit more confident in yourself now or in possibly approaching that in the future uh so i have not had any like personal experiences um i think like mostly for the same reasons of like i still feel that way about you know like not wanting to make people feel uncomfortable like i think that you know i think personally like there's a lot of like personal development that i need to do for me like mentally and physically to be like that i would feel comfortable to do that um i mean obviously you know as like kind of a societal thing of like men are always the one to be you know the one to make the first move for lack of a better word like you know that is obviously um a roadblock to that but like i mean yeah i i guess like yeah, as I said, like, I just feel like I need to do some work on me and, like, that. that's fine. Um, but absolutely, I feel, like, definitely more confident about, like, that if it was to come up organically, like, mm. I'm, like, not going to be like, oh, I've never done this before. What am I doing? Run yeah, out the so, front door. So, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, again, it's a whole other topic, but, you know, I've got a real issue with the expectation that in a hetero environment that men are expected to make the the first move when men are also the biggest perpetrators of violence like to me those two things don't go well together um Mm. and it means that the only men that are comfortable making the first move are those that are unaware of that power imbalance yeah and that then the men who are aware of it the kind of men who listen to our podcast Mm. the kind of men that you want to make the first move 
<laughs> that you want to that are, that are really, you know, eligible bachelors and, and the kind of people that would be really suitable for a relationship would never make a first move because they understand mm. You know, and that's kind, of, and that's why every man I've ever dated, I've made the first move because that's the kind of man I'm attracted to. Mm. So, you know, I think also, any man that made a move on me would not be my type. You're just <laughs> unfortunately, you're just a little hornbag as well. I'm a little hornbag. You are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I know what I want. Yes, so, you do. You do. Yeah. Yeah, we love that. But yeah, I really, you know, I don't. I'm, you know, fuck. I'm the last person that would be out here being like, life's really hard for men. But I think in this kind of in the dating kind of scene, it's it's not easy, mm. and I don't envy you. Well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to see a sex worker. That's what you're going to do. And look, exactly, <laughs> true, absolutely. So, Michael, have you told any of your friends or family that you did this? Uh, so for a long time, like I I didn't. It was like, you know, like I didn't tell any of like my friends that I was no longer a virgin because then like that would be a conversation of like oh can I see a picture of the person like what tell me all about it like and I'm just like and like I don't think anyone would have been like judgmental but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to have those conversations no exactly and and it's like you know obviously you have a conversation with someone and then they have a conversation with Mm. someone and then it's just the whole thing so it's Mm. like and you know, so, so I mean, to be to be quite honest, like that was difficult. I get like not difficult, but just like there were times when I was just like, oh, I just had like this really amazing experience that I can't talk about with anyone, mm. and like uh, you know, and like uh, you know, the only person that I could talk to about it is like I don't want to bother them about that because like you know, like I don't want to just be annoying, you know, this sex worker that. You know, I just had a really great time. So, but recent, uh, recently, um, one of my friends who, you know, has been in a lot of relationships has like, you know, mentioned to a group of a group of our friends that they were thinking about seeing a sex worker, and like I ended up having like a conversation with them at a different time hmm. to be, you know, yeah it just like led to a really great conversation like about cause like a person I've known for many, many years and like, uh, you know, they, they were like, Oh, you know, that they weren't really sure of my sexuality because like, you know, I'd never been in a relationship during our friendship and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, they, they wanted to be supportive, but like also not like push a boundary that like, mm-hmm. and, and so, like, yeah, I, I think that, like, it was very, like, definitely I'm I'm glad that we had that discussion and, and, and that, um, you know, it's not as if I'm keeping them up to date on all of, <laughs> yeah. but, but just like, it's good to, that, that, yeah, I, I did, um, you know, did feel better to talk about that um, oh. in that environment. In terms, in terms of family, like, I, I don't see that being a thing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, just yeah. uh, some things yeah. family don't need to know about. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hmm. Yeah, and that's it, right? Like anything like this, you know, it is your private life, and you obviously don't have to tell anyone. You don't owe it to anyone. But at hmm. the same time, I think you know, if you do have somebody that you can share some little part of these things with, um, it can be really. It's yeah, I don't know. It's really nice to share it. Like I've I've got a number of clients who, you know, see me. And yeah, like kind of like you you touched on, like I'm the only person that knows about it, mm. and they can't 
kind of chat with me about it outside of our bookings because they're not paying for my time. Yeah. Um, that's a bit of a shame because sometimes you want to share cool shit or tell a funny story about something stupid that happened, mm. in, you know. Yeah. Um, so if you can share it, then that's really nice. So I'm, I'm glad mm. that you... Yeah, I'm glad you had the conversation too. I I was um, listening to one of the earlier episodes with, uh, I can't think of her name, but a woman client that was on the show and talking about like, yes. And she was like talking about how she just, you know, was like 100% just like went to a friend straight away and was like, this is what I'm like, that's great. Like, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and not everyone has that kind of relationship with no. their friends too, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I'm glad you were able to connect with a friend uh, and both of you sort of destigmatized that situation as, you know, your friend being a potential client and you being able to say, hey, it's I've done it, it's not a big deal and this is my experience and then that person um, be able yeah. to talk with you. Like you, that gives you both, you know, it's not that you have to call each other each week and recount every sexual experience no. and thought mm-hmm. and person you see, but, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> nice to connect. Yeah. I've had another question that's popped into my mind while we've been Mm -hmm. talking, which is that I feel like at least once a week, I think listeners of this podcast will clearly know that I I spend too much time on Reddit because I reference it so often. But I reckon at least once a week somebody posts being like, hey, I'm thinking of losing my virginity to an escort, to a sex worker, et cetera, to a P word. (laughs) And, you know, the comments are always mixed, but I think, Mm. but there's often a lot of comments saying like, don't do it, you'll regret it. Obviously a lot of stupid stigma comments Mm. that are like, don't, you'll get a disease and whatever other Mm. crap they want to say. Um, But I guess my question to you is uh, if somebody said to you, hey, I'm thinking I'd like to lose my virginity and I would like to do it with an escort, what would you say to them? I would be supportive. Like I would say, yes, definitely, that's a great. But I think that there is also a larger conversation to have of like, I do think it is really important that like there is such like there is such a societal imposed emotional weight to that that I think that there are definitely people who that would be a lot for and like Mm -hmm. that it could it it could you know make it so that they you know it's hard like it's hard to process those feelings of like and now I'm and 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 I I can see i can see a world where a person would be like do that and then and then uh you know have a good time but then like you know in a reflection be like oh i'm not sure that i should have done Mm -hmm. that like and and feel shame for that and like not that i think anyone should no no um but but like you know, I, I think I think that there is like just I guess especially if a person is younger, I would I would be because like I know for myself, like would I have been emotionally equipped enough to deal with mm. it? Maybe not. But mm. you know, but then there could be people who would. So that's a long rambling right. way of saying it depends, but I would be fully supportive. Yeah, well, I think that's a brilliant answer. So maybe combine it with a little bit of therapy as well. Maybe maybe make sure you're taking care I mean, sure. of your mental yes. health in other ways as well. As always. Yeah, yes. And there is, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard men who are 21, or women, as I've heard people of all genders at, you know, 21, 22, go, oh, my God, I'm a virgin. I'm going to be a virgin <laughs> for the rest of my life. I'm like, oh, my God, you're a child. Like, <laughs> yes. plenty of time. But there's, sometimes there can be that rush and urgency yeah. for as we said, something that's socially constructed and really actually doesn't mean yeah. anything anyway. And maybe you never do it and that doesn't really matter. It's not, you, you don't yeah. have to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know. 
but then it can have meaning for a lot yeah. of people. So, yeah. you know, it's yeah, depends and, on the person. Yes. Exactly. And, and that's not to say that if, if a person has, like, you know, lost their virginity to someone who means a lot to them and, mm. and that holds a spe- like, oh. that's great. I like that that's your experience. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it's, um, it is what you make it, I think. Actually, is there anything you want to add? Anything that you just want to make sure is said or people hear? Yeah, I, I guess, like, the big, the biggest thing for me was, like, you know, I'm just, like, a person who does a ton of research about, like, every single thing of, like, you know, I'm going to a new rest, like, I'm going to a new place to eat for lunch. Like, mm-hmm. is it table service or do I go up to, like, <laughs> all that kind of, like, really yes. stuff that doesn't matter. Like, you can kind of work out, but, like, you know, and I think, like, it's really important to, like, when you are looking into stuff like that of, like, how do I act? Like, what should – that though, the resources that you that you use are ones that are done by sex workers um, because, you know, like, obviously doing a bunch of research, there are parts of the internet that are, you know, not curated by that, and it's like you see those and then you're like, hmm – this feels a lot like when you are like, yeah, just very not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess like that, that yeah, obviously it's hard. Like I, I've not found a good way to formulate it into words, but ultimately, uh, you know, the sex worker is the person that you're going to see and they're going to be the one who's able to tell you like what the best practice is to make sure everyone has a great time bloody perfect beautiful yep honestly i don't know if your answers could have been any better today uh michael it's been such a pleasure to chat to you and you have been so forthcoming uh and your way of explaining things has been really fantastic i know a lot of my clients that i see regularly that uh would have been way too shy to come on the show will relate to so much Mm. of what you said and same with with jenna's clients um yeah it's uh it's been really really helpful um yeah like I said, for people to relate to, but also for people who haven't had that experience to hear the journey that you've gone through and uh, for sex workers um, to hear the impact that we have. I think we're aware of it in some ways, but even just you articulating that is really, really special. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. You did fantastic. I know it's really nerve wracking coming on the show. It's nearly as nerve wracking as losing your virginity, I can imagine. Uh, So we're, we're really grateful. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you. you. Next up, we are hearing from Louise. So hello, Louise. Thank you for being here. Hi. Nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's dive straight in. Great way to get to know people. Um, What made you want to lose your virginity and what were the factors that, that made you decide that seeing a sex worker was the way to go about it? Um, I'd been curious about sex for a long time and wanted to have it. It wasn't happening for me. Wasn't sure why until kind of a couple of years before COVID when the autism lights started hitting and I started to realize <laughs> that's why I couldn't just go to a bar and hook up with someone. And I think it was kind of during COVID I started to be like, yeah, this is really what's happening for me. And that I started just like hear from disabled people that like it's okay to struggle in certain areas or need some help. 
Um, and that's when I started to feel like give myself permission to maybe explore seeing a sex worker a bit more because I thought about it before. But I don't like I'd had that kind of stigma before of like, oh, what kind of person sees a sex worker? Like, can I really just go to a bar or <laughs> just just find a, another way? The other ways sound awful. Going to a bar and picking someone up sounds atrocious. <laughs> I'm really glad in hindsight that I didn't do yeah. that. It probably would have been terrible. Do you feel like you had like tried when you had met other people in different circumstances to uh, form those sorts of relationships and they had failed or that you just had not really approached it at all, that you'd sort of gone, nope, this is too daunting and I'm not even going to, you know, you wanted it, but did, did you think you tried in any way or not? Yeah, like I think I tried. I think I tried more with people who I like felt comfortable and there was more of a sure. friendship with that I yeah. remember how like having a friend take me to like a gay bar on a Wednesday night and I was just really overwhelming and I was like, I can't be Definitely. here. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, like none of the people who I was attracted to, it kind of it just never was mutual. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is you know, I think what's the word? People that are neurotypical have that same experience, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As as you know, it's only going to be sort of more amplified, or there's going to be more <laughs> barriers for you when you have different types of neurodivergences. Yeah, and you know, I knew there was something different about how my sexuality worked as well. Like, I was not oh. attracted to people the same way that I saw other people being attracted. I would, I wasn't sure what was going on, but I just never saw someone who was like, oh sexual attraction it like always took a while so I was trying to figure out what was happening there and that made it hard as well yeah definitely so how can how how do you identify uh I now identify as demisexual yeah great yeah which yeah was something that this whole process of seeing a sex worker helped me Mm. figure out (laughs) absolutely what was going on there was the experience what you'd been hoping for I don't I think my hopes and my expectations were two different things. Mm-hmm. Of course, I hoped that it would have been really amazing, but I expected that it might be kind of awkward, and that's pretty much how it was. Uh-huh. Like, I kind of walked out feeling like it was uh, initially I wasn't sure. Oh, wow. I kind of felt like I left with more questions and I had answers. Mm-hmm. But with a bit of time, I was like, I think there were bits that were nice, and I kind of, in hindsight, felt like it was a neutral experience because while it was initially just kind of awkward it led to like me having a better understanding of what I needed to communicate or even just letting someone know that I might have trouble communicating Mm -hmm. and what I was looking for um and then it ended up leading to an experience that was probably one of the best of my life so um go and tell us about that no yeah yeah (laughs) Um, you don't the, have to go into detail, you know, whatever you no, want. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like kind of after that experience, I was like, I think I just need a really long time to feel comfortable. I just need to mm. really dedicate some time and effort into this. I went through basically all of the profiles of the sex workers on the East Coast to try and find someone who I was like based off of their profile, like the information they have online that I thought would be the right person. Ended up finding like a really wonderful worker. I had an overnight. It was the best time of my life. I've seen them like regularly since for like the two years and it's just been the best thing ever. Oh, that is brilliant. (laughs) That's so nice. And okay, let me know if I shouldn't ask this question, but on that (laughs) overnight, were the two of you sexual? Yes. In that you were, yeah. Yeah. 
So it wasn't necessarily that you felt you needed, you know, heaps of meeting, but, you know, you just needed the this time and space. The to time to not have pressure and, yeah. 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 And somebody that you felt like you were really aligned with yeah. and worked out was right for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. And so do you think now maybe the first person you went with, you know, as you said, it did lead to, to positive, but maybe mm. wasn't the right person for you. Yeah, I was just kind of going for someone who seemed like professional the right time, like had a website, seemed like they had a lot of experience kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, which is a, yeah. I mean, I think, gosh, I, it's so hard to pick in this industry, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. It's so yeah. hard. Um, and there's so many people out there. There are a lot of fantastic individuals. Yeah. I Yeah, absolutely. So do you think, have your thoughts on like virginity and sex and sexuality? I mean, I guess you spoke about discovering how you identify sexually. Mm -hmm. Has all of that changed over time? Has seeing sex workers had an impact on that? Um, I mean, I don't think my, like anything about virginity has changed. I Mm -hmm. already was just like gay enough that I was aware that it was a construct. (laughs) Like (laughs) that just kind of came up. (laughs) I, I don't know. I feel like sex just kind of seemed like this mysterious thing before that everyone seemed to be having um, that seemed like a big deal. It doesn't seem like as much of a big deal Mm. now. It's also become just kind of a bit of a special interest, though, (laughs) something that I love learning (laughs) more about. (laughs) Do you think since finding your sexual identity that you feel um, a sense of community um, either more identified or more aligned with the queer community or with um, the demisexual community? And has that been something that has enriched your life, do you think? Or is it more just that you've really enjoyed going down the rabbit hole of the, the sexual discovery itself? Yeah, I think it's more that I've just enjoyed going down the, the sexual discovery mm-hmm. rabbit hole, yeah, cool. all of the podcast, all of the books. Like, sorry. What a great <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. It's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Love that. Um, so, uh, well, we know that you have had sexual experiences since that booking. Have you Mm. had any sexual experiences outside of a booking setting? Not yet. Is that something that you are interested in pursuing? I'd be interested in pursuing right with the right person, whether that ever Mm. happens for me. I don't know. That's okay. If it doesn't, if it does great, but you know. Yeah. Sounds like the perfect approach to be honest. (laughs) Have you told any friends or family about your experience? Yeah, I have a family member who's a sex worker. So when she kind of oh. came out, I was like, oh, I have a story for you too. Oh. And it's been great to be able to like just share with her and her partner about like my experiences and be able to have someone to tell about that. Oh, wow. And that I imagine would have been kind of a relief for her because it's mm. – you know, it's always a bit scary coming out of it. Whatever it is you're coming out of, it's a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Cool. And it's great that you have someone to confide in. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say I had a comment on virginity that I feel like yeah. Oh yeah. should have come in one of those Please. questions and didn't get, mm. or like with my experience with it, um, that didn't get commented, Sorry. which is that I, like, I feel like I didn't lose my virginity and, Till the second booking. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. I like Are you that. able to speak more about that? Like the way it felt or the... It felt like, because the first booking felt more like I was just kind of there letting someone do something to me. Yeah. The second booking felt like more of a collaborative effort. There was more communication and comfort. And even though like the pleasure was mostly like about me, it's like we're collaborating to get there. 
Yeah, that's really nice. I love that. It was like, yeah, you were, you know, really actively. Actively involved, in yeah. Yeah, which is what you want. But yeah, <laughs> nice. So if somebody told you that they were thinking of booking a sex worker with the purpose of losing their virginity or that it would, you know, be their first sexual experience, uh, what do you think you might say to them? Yeah, definitely. I think particularly if you're nervous or having trouble, otherwise like a good idea, like it's professional, that's what, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that, you know, they can help with, um, just do your research, know what you're looking for out of it and make sure you share that with whoever you book. Yeah. May I ask um, how you found, let's say for your, your second experience, um, what avenues you went down to find uh, the right person for you or what were you looking for in terms of compatibility? You don't have to go into like specific things, but um, was there some green flags that you would see from a provider that you felt was right? Yeah. I mean, I looked for someone the second time who had like a lot of like social media, website, blogs, so I could just kind of get a feel and kind of like get, get to know them, air quotes. Yeah before I met them so that there was something to emotionally connect with. Um, I was looking for someone who I felt like would have a proper understanding of neurodivergence, which Mm. I I now know is a lot of sex workers, but I didn't at the time. (laughs) So I, like, I remember that she had the word executive dysfunction in one of her blogs. I was like, her. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, and even though there are plenty of sex workers who are neurodivergent, that doesn't necessarily mean they're very well equipped to, mm. um, you know, to support someone else through their journey when that other person is neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. It can, but I think um, yeah, it's complex. <laughs> and sometimes we have competing needs when, yeah. when, you know, based on our own, especially with sensory stuff. And, and yeah, that can actually be. that's true. Yeah. yeah. If you don't mind me asking, um, in regards to your demisexuality, um, what have you found that your needs are when it comes to uh, spending time with a provider? Was there, um, was it building that rapport in the lead up to the booking or taking it slow during the booking or building a little bit of a connection first or what, what, uh, what makes you feel comfortable as somebody who identifies as demisexual? And it is kind of a combination of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also aware like that I'm not going to be uh, sexually attracted to every provider that I like yeah. might see. So I have that expectation. Like I kind of think I just got lucky with the second provider that I saw that it did just kind of build and the right stuff was there to build a sexual attraction. Um, but like I have a new provider who I've been seeing for a couple of months and like as long as I'm like comfortable and trusting and there's enough connection there, we can at least like do the stuff that's on my side yeah, and that sure. can like yeah. touch can still feel nice. It's just, you know, whether it develops into, you know, me wanting to reciprocate kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, there is non-sexual touch. Yeah. There's other types of intimate touch yeah. and, and, you know, just, um, I don't know what you call it. Yeah. Just yeah, intimate I, touch. I guess I mean, that isn't sexual necessarily. Yeah. Like, uh, a lot of the bookings so far with the new provider have been seen, but mostly just been like cuddling and a massage. Yeah, beautiful. 
Do you find uh, from the get-go that you are um, reasonably comfortable with that or even from that first booking, do you find like that, that non-sexual or non-sensual touch that you're like, okay, oh, we got to we got to get through this and yeah like is it quite daunting yeah yeah with like the first couple of bookings can feel like that if we're like yeah. okay okay yeah <laughs> and like the first one I tried to not really make pressure to, to have that yeah. you know when I was like oh you can just make social bookings cool you know yes. yeah absolutely. <laughs> can I ask Great. was it scary for you taking your clothes off or in front of someone Definitely the first few times was like really intimidating. And then there was the whole, wait, now my clothes are off. Where do I put them? I don't think, I think I've gotten pretty comfy with it now. I feel like I'm the worst provider for that because my workroom, (laughs) there's not much space around the bed. And so there's, and I feel constantly like I have clients just holding a pile of clothes, (laughs) looking at me panicked. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I've put hooks on the walls. I put a basket in the bathroom. I've tried to give them options, but I do feel, I I feel bad. I feel like I stress. Yeah. I see that stress in their eyes. (laughs) And I'm also like, chuck on the floor, whatever, it's fine. But maybe they don't want to do that. Um, I'm just normally like, what did you do? I'll just do that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We love copying some social cues. We're like, you're doing that thing. That must be normal, I think. Absolutely. I guess (laughs) I don't trust my own judgment. (laughs) Although I feel like nothing that we do, like sex work is, okay, I'm not going to say sex work isn't normal because that will get me widely cancelled. But it's a bizarre situation for everyone. Yeah. You know, meeting someone for the first time and just being like, oh, we're in an intimate setting so quickly. Like that is, it's unusual for most people. Mm. So I think that also if you're feeling like, I don't know what the norms here are, that's because the whole thing isn't isn't (laughs) super norm, you know, I think. In social settings that you have been in, whether that's been attempting to date, I don't know whether you've used the apps or whatever your Mm. circumstances are historically where you've um, met people that you may look at dating or hooking up with um have you felt like attraction in those situations have you gone do you know what I think I might want to be naked with this person after a while or are you sort of like nah I've really got we've got to like have like a five-year plan we've got to work towards this you know or do you you, yeah Uh, what's your levels of desire there I mean not that I've done ended up a lot of like actual like trying to date experience but never never felt like sexual attraction to anyone who I've, you know, talked to on a dating app or mm-hmm. met. I can count on yeah. like probably one hand the amount of people I've felt sexual attraction to in my life. Yep. I'm going to ask a really um, like uneducated question, which is if you don't experience much sexual attraction to people and in, in your lifetime you haven't, how do you know that you're gay or straight? And I mean, I haven't experienced much sexual attraction. I have experienced physical physical mm-hmm. attraction mm-hmm. where I look at someone and be like, oh, she's cute. And it's, yep. you know, nine times out of 10 always been a female. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, it's just that you don't necessarily feel the desire to, to jump her bones. Yeah, but, exactly. But like you, you like the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you might. And I mean, again, that's not a common thing for me to be like, oh, she's cute. It's like an occasional thing. But yeah. like I hear other people and they're like they're at a party and they like, look at someone and they're like, oh, yum. Um, yeah. Never, yes. never in my yep. life is that something I've experienced. Yep. Yeah, interesting. I think that's a great question, Jenna. Mm. Okay. That was really good. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, Louise, and being, you know, 
sharing your story with us, which is it's a pretty vulnerable kind of place to be. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, no problems. Bye. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode and a huge thank you to both of our guests for sharing their stories and being really vulnerable with us. Um, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Please look out for us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Patreon. Our name everywhere is Somebody You Pod, as in podcast. Our Patreon starts at just $3 a month, and you can get all of our episodes ad-free and a day early, plus bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes action, bloopers, and more. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the voices of sex workers. And remember, somebody you love might just be a sex worker. <laughs>